Our strategic plan started about a year and a half, two years ago. We were coming out of COVID, so great opportunity to really shape what the bar would look like in the next two to three years. So great group of committed folks, eight different committees, and out of the eight committees, there are 34 recommendations. Not all recommendations are what I call intense and really project-based. Some are as simple as we need to update the bylaws and make sure what we term as a young lawyer, a young lawyer needs to sit on our board so that we are in tune to their needs. Some of it is heavy work, redesigning the website, really looking at what we call an ambassadors program. And then one of our other initiatives, which helps membership, is putting in place what we're calling a non-attorney membership level for paralegals, finance folks that work in law firms. So really getting down another level into the legal community and what would that look like in terms of programming and what can we offer as an association to get a different kind of membership in. This is Associations Thrive, the podcast celebrating successful associations and their leaders. I'm your host, Joanna Pineda, CEO and Chief Troublemaker at Matrix Group International. Listen in as top association executives tell all, revealing the creative and innovative ways they're increasing membership, generating revenue, nurturing engagement, and reimagining their organizations. By the way, if you've launched a new initiative, created new member services, or updated your governance structure and are seeing great results, I want to hear your story and so do my listeners. I'd love to have you as a guest. Go to podcast.matrixgroup.net and apply to be on Associations Thrive. Now let's dive into this week's show. Today, I'm speaking with Julie Kresge. She is Executive Director of the Erie County, Pennsylvania Bar Association. Julie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Joanna. Julie, tell us about the Erie County PA Bar Association. Well, we are a small bar association. By that, I mean we have a little over 500 members. We are located in Erie, Pennsylvania. We are what I call geographically blessed because we are the population center in Northwest Pennsylvania. All of the counties surrounding us are what are known as rural counties. And actually, there's part of our county that is rural. But being a part of the Erie County Bar Association really helps lawyers connect, receive continuing legal education seminars. We do a lot of good in the community, raising funds and uh, bringing awareness for a couple of our key initiatives. And we promote the rule of law here in Erie County, as well as across the state of Pennsylvania. Now, Julie, I've worked with other bar associations where in order to practice law in that state, you had to be a member of the state bar. So what's the environment like in Pennsylvania and why join a county bar association? as opposed to, say, your state bar association? We are known as what's called a voluntary bar, so it is not mandated by law to belong to our association. We, as well, are known as a unit county, so when you pay Erie County Bar Association dues, you also pay dues for the Pennsylvania Bar Association. So you kind of 
get the best of both worlds. You get your local legal activity as well as you get the benefit of joining a much larger bar association that tracks statewide as well as national trends. And they do a lot of different work in terms of lobbying, a lot of different sponsorships that kind of whittle their way down to the local level. So there are differences between the county as well as the state bar, but we are a voluntary bar. Folks that join our bar do so because they want the camaraderie, they want the connection with their peers, and it's a great partnership here in Erie County. Julie, before we get into the things that the bar is doing to thrive, and thriving you are, let's get into your journey. So how did you get to become executive director? I have a little bit of a different pathway, I think, than most. It always is. <laughs> My bachelor's degree is actually in design. Ah. I worked as a designer in a healthcare facility way back when, worked my way up through what's called the marketing and PR track from designer. I then oversaw the graphic illustration photography area, moved into TV and video production. And as my career was growing, the organization was growing. So back when I started, hospitals were still standalone. Now you see a lot of statewide national healthcare systems. When I left what I'll call my original hospital, we were six hospitals, two large tertiary care and four community hospitals. So it was a great Tracked for me as a growing young professional to be in that kind of a growing organization. When I moved, and that was in Pittsburgh, I moved to Erie, Pennsylvania, and decided to dive into development. Most healthcare facilities have some kind of a foundation end, and I had worked with our foundation but never ran a foundation. So I took a position here in Erie County as a director of development. Ah. When I started here, the organization that hired me was going through a name change because they wanted to do a capital campaign. They had some great initiatives on the horizon. So I led the charge in that arena. That was fun as well. And then from there, I kind of took my strengths into a different field, which was education. So I actually was hired at a school district and a school district foundation to do public relations, marketing, and all of their school district foundation fundraising needs. And after working there, I went into the private sector and I worked for a private day school, so the Erie Day School, which was great. Loved the environment there. I think anybody that works in education or works around kiddos, every day is different. It's exciting. While I was at Erie Day School, again, we had a capital campaign. We had our annual events that organizations typically do to raise money. So you had your annual fund, you had your annual auction. But really, part of why I left Erie Day School and applied for the position at the Erie County Bar Association was I really felt Erie Day School was kind of a smooth running machine. There wasn't anywhere for my skills to grow. And although I love the environment, I decided to take the leap and say, you know what, it's time to really spread my wings and become an executive director. So that was four years ago. I'm going on my fifth year here at the Erie County Bar Association, running the operation as a small bar. We do everything here. 
if a light bulb needs to be changed, we're changing it. We don't have a facilities person, but we run all the continuing legal education. We host a bench bar conference every other year. We have a lot of pro bono opportunities that we make um, sure our attorneys are aware of and hopefully participate in. And then on a day-to-day basis, we have what's called sections, divisions, and committees where each legal practice area really figures out what they need to move forward in terms of advancing the legal profession here in Erie County. So an example of that would be rewriting the civil court rules, rewriting the family and orphan court rules. So that's some of the work that is going on currently at the Bar Association. Julie, you actually wear two hats. You're executive director of the Bar Association, but there's also a foundation Is that why you're also a certified fundraising executive? Yes and no. I didn't take the position here at the bar specifically for their foundation, but it is a great compliment to have a CFRE background. I did that certification years ago just as a professional enhancement to my skills, and it has really benefited me as my career has grown. At the Bar Association, as most Bar Associations have, there's a foundation component. So as the Bar Association is known as a 501c6, our foundation is a 501c3. And when we raise money, we have two main goals for the funds. So one is a scholarship for first-year law students from Erie County. If they are successful their first year, we continue the scholarship in their second and third year of law school. So that's what's known as the Roberts Scholarship. Chief Justice Samuel Roberts actually was from Erie County. So his daughter lives in Erie, and she and I probably talk once a month about, you know, the great young minds that are being shaped and the scholarship opportunities that we provide. The other piece of that is what's called Attorneys and Kids Together. So that end of our foundation raises money but to assist with homeless students in Erie County and their educational needs. So we provide backpacks of school supplies, clothing. Our newest initiative is called the Unique Needs Program. And that's really meant for high school students that are in really unique situations. They may have been couch surfing. They don't have anywhere to stay for a week and maybe need a hotel room until they can get their personal life under control with the help of guidance counselors and other school personnel. So we do provide cash funding for unique needs. And then we also provide what's called as the junior senior fund, cap and gown, SAT fees, senior trip, yearbook, those junior and senior year expenses that as a homeless student or just a student that's kind of living on the edge of homelessness probably wouldn't be able to participate in. Wow. So we really make it a point to get out to the school districts and promote our foundation. That's really the end of how our foundation benefits the community here in Erie. Amazing. Well, let's turn to the Bar Association. Julie, you say that you just completed an update to your strategic plan. And I'm always fascinated by this because many of the guests that I have on the podcast, you know, recently have gone through kind of an update to the strategic plan. So tell us about that. What's going on? So our strategic plan started about a year and a half, two years ago. Um, We were coming out of COVID. So great opportunity to really shape what the bar would look 
like in the next two to three years. So great group of committed folks, eight different committees. And out of the eight committees, there are 34 recommendations. Wow. Not all recommendations are what I call intense and really project-based. Some are as simple as we need to update the bylaws and make sure what we term as a young lawyer, a young lawyer needs to sit on our board so that we are in tune to their needs. Some of it is heavy work, redesigning the website, really looking at what we call an ambassadors program. And then one of our other initiatives, which helps membership, is putting in place what we're calling a non-attorney membership level for paralegals, finance folks that work in law firms. So really getting down another level into the legal community and what would that look like in terms of programming and what can we offer as an association to get a different kind of membership in. Boy, I'm fascinated by this. So you're considering a governance change to allow different types of professionals at law firms to become members. So how controversial is this? Not so controversial. Some associations already do this. They're all shaped a little bit differently, but really we offer continuing legal education. And as part of that, we always say you and, you know, your legal staff can attend at whatever your price point is. Ah. So it is a way to say what kind of programs specifically do paralegals need to benefit the attorneys that they work for? What's new in their field? Is there a certification that they need or would benefit them? And then what kind of networking opportunities? Because here in Erie County, we have I'll say four or five large law firms. And then everyone else is what we call a solo small firm law firm. So you might have one, maybe two paralegals, but there's not an exchange of ideas as, you know, is this process working for you? How do you implement XYZ to move this certain project along? So it's really a great education benefit, we feel, for those staff at law firms. So, Julie, it sounds like what you're trying to do is kind of expand the membership to enlarge the community and really benefit the legal profession, not just the attorneys. That is correct. As much as I've been talking about attorneys, we also include our judiciary as well. So we have a county courthouse that has, I'm going to say, nine judges. And then we have a federal courthouse here in Erie that has three judges one retired judge that is still practicing, and then they're all linked across the statewide system as well. Julie, you've got something that is hugely valuable to the bar, and it's a journal. And it comes out every Friday, and it's a little bit different from the research journal that, say, I'm familiar with with some of my scientific society clients. So tell us about your journal, because this is huge. We produce the Erie County Legal Journal as well as the Crawford County Legal Journal, which is the counties right below us, their publication. It is a weekly publication mandated by law. It includes all estate notices, incorporation notices, name change, adoption notices, tax sales. Everything you can think of that's going on in the legal world is put in print as well as online every Friday. The revenue that is generated from our legal journal helps support the operations of the Bar Association. So as well as being what we'll call an educational tool for somebody that might want to 
see, you know, if an estate notice has been publicized, what is happening with a piece of real estate, it also helps underwrite all the programming we do here at the Bar Association. Julie, I'm fascinated by this. So how are you generating revenue from the journal? Is it because people subscribe to the journal or because they also pay to put notices in the journal? The large portion, I'll say 95%, are the ads that actually go in the journal. Ah. It's not a magazine. It's not flashy. It's black and white. And it is just column after column. Think of the old newspaper classified ads is really what a legal journal in any county across the state of Pennsylvania, what they look like. So estate notices are charged a certain fee, something that would be what we call a couple columns long or a couple pages long is really measured out by inch. So there's a per inch cost and invoice is generated for revenue for that particular ad. So it sounds like Everything happening in Erie County, Pennsylvania, that's legal in any way, shape, or form, ends up in your journal, and that's why it's so valuable. That is correct. It's a great resource for our attorneys, as well as I would say it is the one notice that they actually read. (laughs) Right. As, As an association, we do pump out a lot of information. So, for example, we're doing flu shots today. So I was, you know, getting that out into the community. So that might sit in your mailbox. But attorneys know every Friday they click on the journal and they read it, which is wonderful. So we're fortunate in that respect. And then we also have subscriptions to that. So a lot of law libraries across the state get a hard copy journal mailed to them every week. Julie, does every jurisdiction have a journal like this that kind of is a listing or a recounting of all the things legal happening in an area? In Pennsylvania, yes. So Pennsylvania is unique that all bar associations, if they are, I'll say, a metropolitan bar, produce a legal journal. We do have some very rural counties here in Pennsylvania because the state is so large that they just don't have any of the information in a great quantity to produce a journal. So they do their work online. The Pennsylvania Bar, they put a couple different types of publications out as well. But if you look at the Philadelphia Bar, the Allegheny County Bar, which is Pittsburgh, their journals are more frequent than ours every other day. Wow. Just so much information that needs to be published. Julie, you have a couple of events that are pretty important events to you. One is your Law Day and the other one is the Bench Bar Conference. So tell me about Law Day. Law Day is an annual celebration of the law, and we celebrate that in May, as well as the American Bar Association. So it is just a day where we can gather as a community, not only the legal community, but we invite teachers, nonprofit organizations, business executives to come and spend the day with us. We have a student portion in the morning, so whoever our keynote speaker is, They do address a student population. We welcome students. We want to get them interested in law. And we're not saying that you need to become an attorney. You could be a police officer. You could work in the court, become a paralegal. But really getting them exposed to the legal community and all the different career fields that are available is something that we want all students to know is out there. So our keynote speaker usually addresses the younger community, it's high school students, college students, and then we distribute four 
community awards that day. One is what we call the Chancellor of the Bar. It's a Lifetime Achievement Award annually. Liberty Bell, which is a community award for a person. We have pro bono. So whoever has given uh, legal services at no cost, they are recognized. And then we have a diversity and inclusion award as well. And then, of course, our large keynote speaker addresses our full audience. So that's our one, what I'll call the largest event we do annually. Our other biannually event is what we call the Bench Bar Conference. So the bench, obviously, is our judiciary. And the bar, all of our attorneys, they get together every other year for a couple days of what we call CLEs, Continuing Legal Education. And then we have a lot of networking and social opportunities. So the bench and the bar can get to know each other more on a personal level. Julie, you recently did something called Wills for Heroes, and I love this so much. So please tell us about this. Wills for Heroes is a program. It actually started after 9-11 when so many first responders unfortunately lost their lives. A lot of them were younger and didn't have estate planning documents in place after that unfortunate day. So Wills for Heroes, we set aside two days every year that we have volunteer attorneys that will do a veteran or healthcare hero, power of attorney, wills, and advanced directives. So you would come in on site. You would go through about an hour with an attorney. They take all of your information. They prepare the document. We have them notarized. We have paralegals here on site that are notaries, and they walk away with a packet of all of their estate planning documents. And then a little tweak that came out of that, thanks to COVID, we also do that virtually. Ah. We have one or two people every month that talk with a retired attorney who wants to stay busy, but they are sent the packet, they complete it, they do a phone call before they actually meet on Zoom, go through the final document. Tom, our attorney, prepares all the final edits. He sends them over to me. I print them out. They're notarized and out the door the folks go. This is done at no cost to the heroes? That is correct. It's a great benefit for the community. Well, it sounds like the Bar Association in Erie County is really very devoted to pro bono service. Yes. You know, I would have to say our attorneys are out and about. We had a community law day, not to be confused with our larger law day in May, but we did a community law day in September that was really at a facility in a different community than we would normally host an event, but it was really a great day, six different types of presentations of every kind of law, and then we had attorneys with booths, so wow. community members could walk in and really gather information, not so much legal advice, because you know there are certain legal standards we have to adhere to, but they could ask questions of attorney, am I going in the right direction? I have this situation. Where do I go? How do I even resolve the issue? So that was just a nice community benefit. We also offered different types of community organizations to come in and be on campus with us that day as well. Julie, it sounds like the Bar Association is just doing amazing stuff. Before we go, talk to me about your membership. How's membership and what are some of the trends that you're seeing? Our membership has been holding steady these last four or so years. I think with COVID, people really saw the benefit of a membership and networking and everything that we could do online. So I do think we were fortunate in that respect with COVID. 
But our community, meaning Erie County, is a smaller community. I think our total population for the county is a quarter of a million. So we keep an eye on our membership. We are watching kind of a wave that is coming our way in terms of the ages of our attorneys. So thus, the strategic plan that we just undertook, you know, we're looking at ways to keep the bar at a steady pace, if not moving forward. And how do we make it sustain like another 150 years? Because we are celebrating our 150th anniversary in 2025. So we want to certainly make sure that the Bar Association just has a good handle in terms of any kind of membership moving forward to take us into the next century. So, Julie, it sounds like the coming wave of baby boomer retirements, actually, it's already here, is going to affect you. So all of the things that you're doing to be in the community with Law Day, the pro bono work, what you're saying really is come join us. Absolutely. I can also say that, and I've heard this from Bar Association executives across the state, lawyers are in demand right now. If we could have another 100 lawyers in Erie County, we would absolutely take that. Wow. There is that much work that needs to be done. So they are busy. We do, of course, have a wellness committee that addresses some of the stressors that our attorneys feel on a day-to-day basis. They have very, very busy schedules, so we try and accommodate them as best we can with some of the programming that we do. Amazing stuff. Julia, I want to thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for sharing all the great things that the Bar Association is doing in Erie County. I hope you'll come back and tell us about the strategic plan a year later. Sounds great. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Associations Thrive. We're so glad to have you here. You know, my personal mission and the mission of my company, Matrix Group International, is to help associations and nonprofits increase membership, generate revenue, and thrive in the digital space. I want to hear stories of how your organization is thriving in today's challenging landscape. Please apply to be on my show by going to podcast.matrixgroup.net. By the way, do you need help with a digital initiative? Maybe it's a website redesign, a new membership database, or a hybrid meeting that you're planning. I'd love to connect with you. Please visit the Matrix Group website at matrixgroup.net. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Associations Thrive. Don't forget to subscribe to the show, leave a five-star rating, post a comment, and share it with your colleagues and friends. Bye. Bye.